Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 254. And I'm joined this week by Lolly Adafope. Um, I'm a little bit, I'm in bed ill at the moment. I'm a little bit bunged up, a little bit sniffly. So apologies if my, my voice in the intro and outro is a bit of a mess. But um, I'll do my best to uh, to sound nice for you lovely lot. Um, how are you all doing, guys? Hell of a week last week on the podcast. Good God. Uh, Mary J. Blige and J- 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 Joe Cornish in the same week. The reaction to both has been frankly ridiculous. So thank you so much for that. Um, it's been nuts. And we launched the digital version of Pod Bible uh, last week, which again, the reaction has been absolutely insane. Go and, ch- and, ch- and check out the Pod Bible social medias if you've missed it all it's just it's a a free magazine that's all about podcasts and and recommending and stuff like that um and interviews with adam buxton and craig parkinson of two shot pod all sorts of stuff like that so um yeah it's well worth having a look it's all free so go and check all of that out um this is a bit of a broken up intro because i'm a bit phased things i have to tell you about there's an upcoming there's an episode that's out in a few weeks i need to tell you about which is really exciting but before i get to that um i've recorded a load of things called the distraction pieces rewind episodes um essentially in each episode i sit down for it could be 20 minutes i think most of them are around 30 40 50 minutes at the moment um and i basically go over previous episodes five at a time so I'm starting at the beginning. Cause like I could talk about behind the scenes stuff, kind of how it was all organised, often how I met the guest, like how I first got to know them, anything like that. The first five episodes I'm talking about are with Russell Brand, Zane Lowe, Alan Moore, DJ Yoda and Sage Francis. And um, yeah, I've been really enjoying r- recording them. And having a bit of a stroll down memory lane and remembering, as said, stuff that happened around the time of recording. But then also any real highlights that jump out from the episode. And anything I learned, anything I think went well or I think went wrong. All sorts of stuff like that. They're fascinating. Um, and I'm, I'm putting them out every third Monday of the month. So the first one came out this Monday um, over at patreon.com slash pip. Uh, and it's, a, it's still a dollar a month. I'm not doing any of these tiers where you get audio if you pay $5 or $10 or whatever else. Everything over there is a dollar a month. You get Poem of the Month and now Distraction Pieces re- re- Rewind every month. You get preview f- photos every time I record a podcast. So you get to know the upcoming guests in advance. And that actually leads n- nicely on to what I was going to say about an upcoming guest because the biggest reaction i've had all year is to a podcast i recorded the other week and i posted about and it's had the most likes on my uh patreon the most likes and comments it's been pure hype over there and it's coming out in three weeks time i've got two huge names in the next couple of weeks um i'll keep them a secret and as i said i normally only announce upcoming guests over at patreon but this one's a big one and i want to pre-hype it and get you ready for it because it's not a celebrity 
it's a, a guy called PC Leon McLeod, and he was one of the first three officers to be on 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 scene in the in the London Bridge attack or the Tower Bridge. Sorry, it's not London Bridge, is it? It's the Tower Bridge terrorist attack, and he's got medal off the Queen for it and stuff like that. But the reason he was brought to my attention was to commemorate it. He got a tattoo of one of my lyrics, and that blew my mind. Um, So, you know, I'd got in touch, and then he came down to my club night, and we met and chatted a bit. And I asked if he'd be up for coming on the podcast. I didn't want to put any pressure on it. And he was incredibly cautious. Again, I will explain all the reasons he was cautious for coming on. But he decided he did want to. And we recorded an episode, and it's... It's amazing. It's really, it's, yeah, it's something else. His openness and his um, his honesty about all of it and the changes it's had on his life, the changes he feels are his own fault, the errors he thinks he's made. It's, it's yeah, it's a hell of a conversation and I wanted to kind of pre-hype it. I'm going to p- probably keep pre-hyping it in in the th- three weeks leading to it dropping because I want you all you know it is often if it isn't a big name people will skip it or move on or not pay attention and this is one that really deserves deserves a lot of attention so um yeah I'm starting the hype now the hype will continue until it comes out in uh, in March but as I said I've got two great ones before that that the Patreon gang would know about but um yeah i'm recording all the way up until like april at the moment and i'm recording two or three more this week i've lined up a crazy one that's kind of a variation on the drunk cast but quite different it's with two of my favorite comedians and it's gonna get get messy but i'll explain that another time as well and let's get on with the podcast i'll mention as ever that we're brought to you by speech development records.com I'd, l- I'd love it if you go over there and have a little a look around the web store y- you don't even have to buy anything just go and have a bit of a browse i put i put an ins- if you go over there and look you'll see i put an insane almost uncomfortable amount of time into making unusual and creative m- merch let's say there's some weird stuff i've done swimwear mate i've done all sorts of odd things so go and have a look around there. And if anything j- jumps out, then uh, have a little purchase, maybe. No arm in that, eh? No bloody arm in that. Anyway, I don't, I don't think I've got tons I need to tell you about. And as I said, I'm in bed sick at the moment. So um, I'm going to record this and send it off to Buddy Peace. And then he can pop it on. And you've got a lovely intro and outro to listen to on a great podcast. It was amazing to talk to Lolly. It was the first time we'd met. And she was an absolute delight, like, yeah, pure joy. Um, I then, a week or two later, I went and watched her on Brett Goldstein's live Films to be Buried with podcast. And again, just absolutely in awe of this young lady. Um, the stuff that, the moves that she's making are fantastic. And she truly seems like uh, a, a one of the good guys in in this game. So I hope you enjoy this. I do ask an uncomfortable amount of questions about Harry Potter. Obviously, I'm not actually asking about Harry Potter. I'm asking about Daniel Radcliffe, who she worked with on a show in America. But I think I 
always refer to him as Harry Potter, so there's that. Um, yeah. Hope you enjoyed this. I'll be back at the end where we have a little bit of information um, about other stuff. But f- until then, this is episode 254 of the Distraction Pieces podcast with the wonderful Lolietta Fope. movies yes and yeah. i like sweets with movies yeah, yeah so i buy a lot of sweets Duty to go on the plane with yeah. and just sit there Same. pigging out not yeah, eating yeah, yeah. any real food mm-hmm. for the whole flight i had the not last year the year before I was, I was back and forth from la three times i think in the year all for castings and stuff mm-hmm. like that and just to go in i'm kind of a fan of it's just how i've been brought up i'm a fan of just going and meeting people face to face so yeah, yeah, as yeah. soon as i started acting i was like Ask my agent, can you get me some meetings out there that aren't for a role yeah, that I can yeah. just go and say hello? Yeah, I'm six foot four and I've got a big beard. It's quite weird. <laughs> it's not going to fit everything. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so they, I did a, I did a load of that, and it was just yeah, half of it was I got so many good films watched. I yeah, got so much. it's great. So much TV. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, again, always have the illusion I'm going to read. I'm going to get yeah. writing done. I'm yeah, going to yeah, do yeah. all the productive. I take five more. books. Yeah, I don't touch them. Not at all, and I always I'll have them in my little Airbnb as well. But mm-hmm. it's like I've got I've got American Netflix now. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm only on this for a week. Yeah, I need yeah, to yeah. make the most of. <laughs> I want to be looking at something and not movies. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Are we all? How are we doing? Are we good to go? Yes, I'll start. I'm I'm joined today by Lolly Adafope. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very good. Um, uh, we've not met before, but but we've ch- we've chatted for a while about about you coming on, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm a fan of. Of, of your work and kind of particularly when it's new guests the tip is always you have to make them relaxed and comfortable mm. and I'm going to go the other route with that <laughs> because on my way in this morning I noticed my notes for the podcast mm-hmm. were last edited at 4.49 last night okay without any real memory of that and it wow. turns out <laughs> I you were in my dream last no night way. and I made a note of it and it's not as creepy as it sounds but <laughs> It just cracked me up. That I was I'm like, flattered. "What's this?" So, um, <laughs> you were being told off by Noel Gallagher for not washing your hands that after was no coming dream. back from the bathroom, <laughs> and then we sat down and watched that new Netflix documentary about the the fire festival, which I've not watched yet. I mean, it this looks is amazing. pretty close to reality. So, <laughs> this is not that far. Just quite a weird. It felt like we've already met just before yeah, before yeah, yeah. we actually met because I had that. <laughs> Strange interaction. Have you seen that documentary? Night. I haven't. Have you watched it yet? I've seen it. Yeah. Is it's, it amazing? It's pretty amazing. Because I remember yeah. just watching it unfold on yeah. social media. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. weirdness. It's weird because it was an event. I guess it's one of the first events that almost purely unfolded on social media. Because yeah, most news events you can then turn on the news and it's all happening exactly, there. Yeah, but that yeah. was one that it literally yeah. was contained there at least for yeah. the day that it was because the root of the festival happening. was yeah. social media as well i guess it's amazing right yeah it's the, the documentary is like you think that it can't get more shocking and then something extremely shocking mm. happens well um, that was the beautiful part was i saw the documentary come up and i thought i don't remember that story that clearly mm. so i'm not going to research it that's yeah, the yeah, best yeah. way to go yeah, into exactly. it right at first yeah. of all oh, i'll google to, to remember what it was no, like, no, no. don't just yeah. they they all show you everything in the documentary yeah. yeah i think the one thing about that whole thing is that 
normally with stuff like that, you kind of feel sorry for someone. Yeah. <laughs> in yeah. that kind of experience. Yeah. And I was kind of like, because the victims are like rich, like annoying yeah. young people who yeah. have paid like five grand. And their reactions were wonderfully dramatic as yeah, well. Yeah. Seemed, so. No spoilers, but there is like someone who sues them. And I was kind of like... Well, I mean, you have a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. What what trauma have you really experienced? Exactly. You're just having a dig here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, it's, it's bizarre. Well, I mean, let's start by talking a little bit about social media because mm. when we were last arranging this, things had blown up a bit on social media. <laughs> yeah. um, and there was – it cracked me up. And as, <laughs> I, I, I assume it wasn't actually a stressful situation for you because it was It was so, quite stressful, yeah. Did it get quite stressful because yeah. it was such – it was such an overreaction to yeah. such a small comment. I believe yeah. anyone should be able to, to, to criticise or flag something. Mm-hmm. And particularly as a comedian, you're allowed exactly. to joke about it. So yeah. very briefly, you retweeted a post about a charity gig mm-hmm. and said that that's, someone's hoping for a, a very white Christmas. Yeah, it was a charity gig. the entire cast was white. Yeah. Or everyone, all, all the comedians. Yeah, were, it was all white. white comedians. It was 19, I think, male white comedians and five yeah. female comedians and it, it was a charity gig where comedians were going to be singing songs from singing christmas songs basically yeah. so i was like just did a very clever pun yeah yeah <laughs> um, and yeah i tweeted someone's dreaming of a white christmas and quite a throwaway yeah. thing but i guess it's also the reason a lot of podcasts close down over christmas is there's it's hard to make much content at that time. Yeah. So I think news-wise, it's hard. So it yeah. got then blown out of proportion and yeah. was kind of, it was a Twitter moment mm-hmm. within moments. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then that draws in the people who just want to get angry about stuff. Yeah, I was, exactly. I, I recorded a podcast with a, a Johan Harry recently, who I think it'll be coming out after this, but he was mm-hmm. saying, oh, when you release a book, you also have to deal with the ghost version of your book that becomes targeted by people uh, who haven't read it yeah, online. Yeah, so yeah. there's a version that they imagine, they've yeah. seen one quote and they imagine mm-hmm. what you're saying. Yeah. They've not read it, but they're angry about it. And yeah. it felt like that with this. There was then all of these attacks of the deep hurt you had and the deep attack you yeah, made on this yeah. thing. When you're like, I just made a joke and pointed yeah. out a valid point. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like people imagined that I had seen a charity gig yeah. and ignored the fact that it was for charity and said... I hate this gig and nobody should give money to charity and nobody should go to this gig and nobody should support comedy unless it's got equal numbers of black people and white people. Yeah. And I mean, if I had said that, fair enough to be like a bit annoyed at me. Yeah. But it, it was just a joke and it was like, I feel like if, you know, Frankie Boyle had made that joke or any other slightly controversial male comedian had made that joke, yeah. it would have been taken as a joke and it would never yeah. have been taken as like, this person's very angry and yeah. this person is raging or like slamming yeah. Harry Hill or anyone who was involved in it. Yeah, and it was such a, as I said, it was a, it, it worries me that people feel that the involvement of charity makes things un. Unable to be questioned. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and again, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, again, it would be different if you were saying this is a disgrace. It's, yeah. But you kind of just highlighted, look, this isn't necessarily <laughs> how things sh- uh, should be. And it's, mm. I think it's a problem that's, that social media, I don't think it invented, but I think it's certainly amplified mm. because all of our opinions are so logged. Yeah. And therefore we become so defensive of them rather than, all right, that's a good point. Yeah. Maybe I was wrong then. It's, it's, it's something that comedians and musicians have to deal with their whole lives because mm-hmm. you'll make a joke 
when you're younger. Yeah. That will be on record somewhere. Exactly. And yeah. your opinion, you'd hope, would you, you, you'll change as a person, you'll develop. So there's going to be stuff that I've said in lyrics that yeah. I don't particularly believe anymore yeah, exactly. or live by. Well, you said that. So. Mm. Yeah, no, I said that. Yeah, everyone changes their mind all the time. But that's kind of become the thing on social media now. Mm-hmm. People get incredibly defensive of of any view or opinion rather than, well, let's have a discussion about it. I'm not saying it's the devil, mm. but I'm not saying it's it's okay either. It's, mm. Again, it's I talk about nuance a lot on the podcast. It's mm. a similar thing. I'm not saying it's Harvey Weinstein, mm. but maybe it's Louis C.K. Or maybe yeah, it's, yeah. you know, because there are scales. All yeah, these yeah. things do get put as one thing. So Harvey Weinstein... Kevin Spacey, Louis C.K., even Aziz Ansari, will all get bunched into one thing. Mm-hmm. There's huge variation there. Yeah, and to yeah. say that isn't justifying any of them yeah, or excusing exactly. any of them, but mm-hmm. it's saying they're not the same thing. Yeah. So you flagging something I know. <laughs> and saying, look at this, this is a bit weird. Yeah, just being like, ha, 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 look at this. It's yeah. just, yeah, completely blown out of proportion. But you'd hope that, and again, if a few of the comedians involved, who are comedians you know, I like as well, mm-hmm. got defensive of it and stuff like that, but... You'd hope that people can just take that on board a little bit. Yeah, I think most right. of the comedians were quite understanding yeah. when when they saw the poster because they, they obviously just agreed to do a gig yeah. for charity, with, with, as you would. Yeah, um, no one stipulated. Oh, yeah, there, this there is what the poster white make. people. On yeah, it. yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but as yeah, far as we know. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> um, but one of the comedians on the bill sort of just took umbrage with my tweet for some reason, which I think was kind of. Ignited like yeah a lot of the attention. It kicked it all off a lot more and mm. brought again the thing that it's weird because it's now as if I'm using this to plug plug my Patreon. But <laughs> I started a Patreon page and I wasn't into the whole Patreon idea of things. Mm. I started one that's the only thing you can pledge is a dollar, and mm-hmm. my vow was you don't get anything for that dollar. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be just if you've got a spare dollar, that's yeah. it. I don't want any pressure. I don't want to have to perform for you or yeah, dance yeah, yeah. or sing yeah. or ring you up. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> But what I found I loved about Patreon as I started to use it was it's a closed social media. Mm. So you've not got the onlooking eyes yeah. of those who don't understand your point of view or perspective. Yeah. I will post stuff that people don't agree with, but we'll have a reasoned discussion because we're starting from a point of we're all reasonable people or yeah, we assume yeah. we're all reasonable people. Let's mm-hmm. discuss it. Whereas on Twitter and, and Facebook as the two in, in particular. I think kind of less so on Instagram because it's harder to share Yeah, it's not really images. about saying stuff. So, yeah, yeah, it's kind of on those two you will, as soon as you get out of your circle of, of reference or of followers, mm-hmm. there's all these people who don't know who you are and mm-hmm. they're just going, here's what I've decided yeah, you mean yeah, by that. Yeah, and exactly. It gets ugly. Mm-hmm. But um, it's all, you know, that that's, that's a blown over, thankfully. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and we can move on. So... <laughs> I kind of I normally start at the beginning of a career or of a life, but I kind of want to start in the in the present at the moment because mm. you're working on some amazing and exciting stuff, and you're working mm. in America a lot, which yeah, yeah. is a really hard thing to pull off and to make make happen. So, mm. what's been going on recently, and what are you working on, and 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 what was your kind of route into making it it cl- click out there? Because it feels like it kind of it clicked and then more and more comes from that because you're in those circles and you meet the impress Um, the right people I guess I guess I mean it's hard to say what made it click I mean maybe I guess I got my American agent yeah and then I went to New York just to have meetings and things and then I went to a read through for a show called Miracle Workers yes um and then got cast in that show 
So I think maybe which that is was with the start. Daniel Radcliffe and, and Steve Buscemi, which mm-hmm. is yeah, that's fantastic, and right? Guys in the world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And last year, or the year before last year, I did a film called The Spy Who Dumped Me. Yes. Which was actually just an audition that I just did in London on a Saturday. And I was oh, wow. Like, That's yeah. cool. My agent sent it to me and I was like, why am I going to this audition on a Saturday? I'm not going to get <laughs> this part in a film. Yeah. Like, there's no point. But it just went anyway, obviously. They're, um, they're good fun, them ones. Uh, yeah. Right? Because almost the, the pressure is off. Like, yeah, I yeah. I seem to be one of the few people who enjoy auditions. But those <laughs> ones in particular where you're like, well, number one. I'm not going to get it. And yeah. number two, I don't care that much. I don't know what this is. But like, if it's yeah, not a known yeah. franchise, you're kind of like, eh. Yeah, exactly. And then also, I think when I was walking out, I bumped into someone that I knew who was is much more famous than me. And I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> there's no stressing about me, what I, this is. I had an audition once and I bumped into, um, uh, I'll call him Angelos. As, as that's, <laughs> I, I bumped into Dan afterwards or beforehand. And we had a quick chat and a catch up. And then I went and did the audition. And it wasn't until... The film came out that I realised we were both going for the because right, I bumped into right, him in the right. street yeah, yeah, and then yeah. I, the film started to come out and I saw he had been cast in the role right, I'd gone yeah, for. I was like, yeah. "When did I last see him?" Yeah, that's what was. <laughs> I'm so slow on these things. Yeah. I had no kind of. I didn't I link it like, together. I used to be really obsessed with <laughs> find if I didn't get a part in something that I really wanted. I used to be really like obsessed with finding out who then got the part and watching it and seeing Have what they did. Have you got any people that is your specific that tends to get the roles? I've got two. Um, that have happened more than once. I think there's, there's like a couple of people who we go up for the same stuff a lot. Yeah. And then it's sort of a mixture of who gets what, I think. But it's, it's interesting because we're quite different. Well, similar. I had I, I've, I had two different ones that I really mm. wanted to get. Mm. And Carl Urban got on both. Who's that? He's, he played Dr- Dredd in Judge Dredd. Um, ah. He's, yeah, he's done tons of good good stuff, but he's huge. Mm. And it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, it was, it's, what, it's nice when it's one like that because you're like, Oh, that's mad! I was even considered, yeah, yeah, but yeah, then yeah. I had another one recently that I really wanted, and I really I, it had to be a self tape because it was an American thing. I really went all in on it, mm. and then the guy who got cast is flipping Aquaman. <laughs> I'm like, how can I compare to that? That's, that's amazing. Cool, I've though. got a beard, but you know, <laughs> and, and I had longer hair at the time. But it, again, it was yeah, it's finding the right outlook on those things. Yeah, I yeah. guess it probably more annoying if it is someone who you're like, that's like. They're at the, at the same level as yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. And then it's kind of, what did I do wrong yeah, rather yeah. than... Because I can go, well, it's Aquaman, of course. Yeah, exactly. They shouldn't have even looked at my tape. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think So how was The Spy Who Dumped Me? Because that's with two mm. of, of of the world's sexiest humans, in, <laughs> in Justin through and, and Mila Kunis, both yeah. amazing. How was that to be, be part of? It was amazing. It was my first film, um, and it was shot in Budapest, which was very oh, cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've never been to Budapest before. How I think they shot in lots of there different for? locations. I was out there for two weeks, but two separate weeks. Yeah. Um, and just in the summer, just by myself in Budapest, having a lovely time. That's amazing, it isn't it? It was great, yeah. Yeah, to um, get, again, it's that mad thing of, I was, I was listening to the Two Shot podcast mm-hmm. recently with Craig Parkinson, and he was talking to Jodie Whittaker, I think it was, mm-hmm. about how how acting can take you to places that yeah. you would never go. And yeah. it's weird. My experience of music is it takes you all around the world but you have no time to see anything. Right, yeah, well, yeah. Whereas acting is a lot so of much time. Yeah. so much <laughs> yeah. kind of, oh we, oh, we don't need you today. Yeah. Right, I've just got a day exactly. to feel. So yeah. it's well, kind of amazing. Yeah, because right? I'm never the kind of person who's like, okay, I'm going to go solo travelling. Yeah. Um, and then I was in Budapest, and I think I was there for a week, but I wasn't filming for the whole week. Yeah. And I finished filming on, like, the Friday morning, and my flight was, like, on the Saturday night. And I 
just happened to have tweeted, um, how do I watch Love Island in Budapest? Because <laughs> it was when I was addicted to Love Island. Um, and two of my friends tweeted back to me that they were also in Budapest. Oh, wow. And then, so I hung out with them, went for a drink with them. And then they were like, oh, what are you doing this weekend? And I was like, oh, I'm leaving on Saturday. And they were like, well, you, we're staying with our friends. who They were also filming something else. Um, and they'd rented this huge villa because they basically all had the weekend oh, wow. off. Yeah. So they rented this like 20 person villa in Budapest and they were like, well, you should just come. And I was free because I'd finished on Friday morning. So I just went for Friday night and Saturday day to this incredible villa that where I was like, like sometimes I go to houses and I'm like, okay, this is a beautiful house, but I wonder what a millionaire would think of this house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, completely. <laughs> and then I went to this villa and I was like, if I was a millionaire, I would think that this was the most beautiful yeah, villa yeah. I've ever seen. I wonder what um, a billionaire would think of this house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even then I was like, this is objectively amazing. Um, and it was I just, love, it was sort of like that. a dream. It was like this massive sort of terracey thing from which you could jump into the pool. Oh, wow. And it was like, yeah, it was just mad. I love it. And I love that because it seems crazy that you'd know people there at the time, but mm. it's something I've noticed because of the industries that we're in, with yeah. comedy and acting, mm-hmm. you do end up knowing a lot of people who end up in weird as fuck yeah. places. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I had it in New York Oh, once I, I literally I was out there for some meetings and I had a podcast that cancelled in the morning mm-hmm. and I looked and one of my my best mates who's an actor I'd worked with had just done a, a selfie honestly five minutes up the road <laughs> from me so I literally texted him and go yeah I'll walk to you now yeah and it yeah, was, yeah it's amazing yeah you've got to it's l- so love great. that it's again I guess that's one of the benefits of social media as well because yeah 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 I'd never we, have known we maybe wouldn't have known yeah and the benefits of Love Island as well yeah huge benefits of Love Island um. <laughs> So yeah, you did that, and how was it on on on, on Miracle Workers? Where did that film? Mm-hmm. Was that was that in, in Atlanta. In Atlanta, mm-hmm. oh man, yeah, but it was very cold. Oh, I've it always wanted to go Atlanta. to Atlanta. I love mm-hmm. again. It's 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 one of the f- the few places I've not got to tour, but mm-hmm. I've worked with uh, the De La Soul guys, and they're oh, cool. they're all in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And yeah, worked, or, or had Killer Mike on the podcast and done some shows mm-hmm. with me. Atlanta, Donald Glover, who I've so never many met, cool but people. obviously I'm obsessed with as yeah. every. <laughs> <laughs> every sensible the person guy is. In the world, yeah. um, so it just feels like there's so much mm-hmm. in Atlanta that's just yeah. And my mate Barry, who's not famous, but I, f- I feel rude well, I mean, mentioning Atlanta and not mentioning him because <laughs> if he listens, he'll be like, "All right, so you want to come to Atlanta for <laughs> to see me?" Yeah, that's what you tell me. But yeah. So how was that? And how long were you out there for? Because TV can um, be a slow and long. Yeah, a yeah. It was, process. It was two months. I was there. Wow. Over Christmas, I came home for Christmas in between, mm. and it was it was great because all of the most of the cast. We, I guess, Jeremy's like a bit older, and he would go back to New York sometimes. Yeah. Um, but we were kind of all the same age, um, and just kind of had the same sense of humour, um, and got on really well. And yeah. the show was really fun and really funny, um, and just like obviously just so cool to be a part of. Oh, oh, what's Harry Potter like? He's so nice. nice. Yeah. Years ago, <laughs> in a Q magazine thing, he picked one of my songs. It was when I only had like two songs. He picked one of my songs as one of his, or he referenced it or quoted yeah, it or yeah. something. And I was like, I've never met him, never had any interaction with him since, but it's always been like, yeah, I need yeah. to find out what Harry Potter's actually like. So He's the nicest person in the world. Yeah. He's, he's I'm not going to say too nice, but he is unbelievably nice. Yeah. yeah. And for someone who kind of uh, said was thrown into huge stardom yeah, at a yeah. really young age mm-hmm. so yeah it's yeah. certainly an interesting one mm, yeah quite a mad life I think. so what's Miracle Workers about? That's Miracle Workers of... is set in heaven yes um, oh, wow. and it's about God is like the CEO of Heaven Inc 
which Brilliant. is the the company that runs heaven and that runs the earth, sorry. And um, basically, God decides that the earth is doomed and uh, everything's going wrong, and it's not the amazing earth that he wanted it to be. So he's like, I'm going to destroy the earth. Um, and two of the people who work at Heaven Inc., uh, Daniel Radcliffe and Geraldine Viswanathan, um, they decide to conspire together to save the earth. Right. Um, basically, because they're like, no, you can't give up on this planet. Like, there's still hope, yeah. basically. And are you, are you, is your character pro or anti the earth? Um, in, in the show and in real life, which I'll ask those, <laughs> two, those two questions separately. Uh, in the show, <laughs> I think I start off quite anti-earth, yeah. but who knows what happens mm-hmm. as the show goes on. Um, and in real life? And in real life, so pro-earth. Good. Guys, we're ruining Good. the earth. <laughs> it's easy to be anti, uh, or more anti-humans at yeah, the exactly. moment, I yeah, guess. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah the earth hasn't done anything wrong. <laughs> so, uh, 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 so, how was that to jump into that? Because you've done uh, a load of different uh, TV shows and stuff in the past. Mm. I want to talk about Rovers later because uh, yeah. I love that and I love mm-hmm. all those guys. Mm. Um, but all UK based, and it, it, yeah. it's a different feeling when you're out there, right? Yeah, Cause it yeah. is, it's, it's. I mean, it's not a good thing, but gr- gr- living in the UK and growing up in the UK. It's America. Mm. That's where yeah, they yeah, make yeah. entertainment. Exactly. That's where yeah. entertainment comes from. So yeah. it does feel like my brief experience of doing castings or whatever over there, it feels like yeah, I'm in Hollywood yeah, or, yeah, or whatever because yeah. you are. But, you know, it's yeah. that weird. So how was that to be part of that? Yeah, it was, like, was it intimidating to jump onto that? I think a little bit. Well, the first time I walked onto the set, I, it was like the first time I'd ever seen like a big American studio. Yeah. Um, so that felt very cool. And even just like little things like like the chairs that say your name on and stuff. It's exactly like yeah. in films. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Like a, yeah. A lot of the castings in LA are in Universal or in these, yeah, exactly. in these actual places. So yeah. I've gone thinking I'm going to be going to a, a, a block of flats somewhere, yeah. as in the UK where yeah, most yeah, the castings yeah. are, and I yeah. get there and they literally drop me at the gates of <laughs> Universal Studios. Yeah. And like, <gasps> it's mad. This is exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, yeah, definitely much more exciting <laughs> to come from London and go to America rather than, than to already be from America yeah. and then just be like, well, this is what I'm used to. Yeah. Um, and also, like, the craft services are very That's cool. That's everyone talks about. Great. Yes. I think um, it's genuinely why a lot of British people are making more and more of an impact in America mm. now because particularly in L.A., I've spoken to a few people who are like, "That's just that's one of the jobs that you're always thought of as a kid because you're in – you're, in you're, LA, you're, you're there assume, already. Well, yeah, well, yeah, I might yeah. be an actor. I might do this. Or I might yeah. go and do that. Whereas yeah. in the UK, it's not so much. And particularly yeah, to break into American cinema or TV, yeah. it feels unimaginable. So when you get there, you're chomping at the bit. Yeah, right? yeah. I think yeah, we're definitely like hungrier for it. Yeah. We've never, also, because it's quite weird to like live in a city that is show business. I think it's just, yeah. quite, just quite an odd experience. Yeah. Because um, even when I go to LA, I'm kind of like, it's so weird to just constantly be surrounded by actors and yeah. producers and stuff um i love, so yeah, I I love visiting i don't know if i could live mm. there no as, i don't think i could live there you visit you get to go this is mad i mm. literally just walked past tom hanks or it's something too like much. that it's like, yeah yeah it's mind-blowing i don't but, think i would live there yeah because mm. it did i think it would take away a bit of the excitement and magic that yeah i want to keep in my yeah, career exactly. in this industry i yeah. don't want to become numb to that kind yeah. of excitement and also i don't want my day-to-day life to be just constantly thinking about acting and constantly thinking about like yeah. scripts and stuff. You, you want like a grounding of like, okay, I've got a nice home and nice friends and a nice normal life. Yeah. And then my job is what I do like some of the time. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. Completely. Keep it so, so tell the listeners a little bit about 
craft services because I've only heard, <laughs> you know, speak heard heard tales of this amazing mm. the difference between the the British kind of catering yeah. oh, on a wow. movie gig. But craft services, it's legendary, right? I guess, yeah. I mean, on a huge film, it's probably even better which I've yeah. never experienced but just in general I mean it's bad because it's yeah. you just eat all the time but you can eat anything right? yeah it's, there's basically like well the show that I did um, last year was a show called Shrill that was, yes, which was important Luca Jones who yes. I love he's a mate yeah. of mine oh, cool. I, I, I met him through a friend on my first trips to LA and I oh, think no way. it was weird because as you will have known from going to anything in LA or whatever <laughs> if you go out f- for dinner it's often a bit well here's the movie exec, He's yeah, this, yeah, and yeah. I'm never comfortable in those situations. Yeah. And me and Luca just paired up in one right, of those right, meals right. where everyone's a bit. Well, yeah. I'm now working on this. We yeah, were the exactly. two kind of hairy Normal guys people. in the corner going like, oh, this yeah. is nuts. <laughs> this is weird." Yeah, but yeah, so um, on that, yeah. So on. that one, there was just a table that's just permanently, you know, rooted by the set, which was all of the snacks you want, all yes. of the like M and M's, and just. You know, cereal bars galore. Um, It's great. Um, And then there was also a van where you could, like, make sandwiches and stuff, which I never actually did because... I mean, it's it's a lot of effort to be like, okay, I'm going to go make myself a sandwich when there's lunch in an hour. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was that. I'm going to have a mid-lunch sandwich. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it is dangerous on set because, again, if you're not the lead or if, mm. you, if you're not the first three or four people on the call sheet, mm. you are going to be sitting around a lot. Yeah, And it's yeah, easy yeah. to go, I'm not even that hungry. But yeah, exactly. The way I'm, I'm going to fill my time <laughs> yeah. is there's a big sandwich truck yeah. there with all the food I've ever imagined. Exactly. And it's got like the... The, the the whip stuff that you only yeah, see in American yeah, yeah. films. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just going to kill my time by eating yeah. everything. I get confused between whether I'm bored or whether I'm hungry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or it's thirsty. A, it's, it, it's a brutal one. So, mm. uh, so, yeah, so that was kind of three projects kind of in a row, right? They're all in the last yeah. year or so. Uh, yeah, The Spy Who Dumped Me was summer 2017. Yeah. Um, and then Miracle Workers was December to February yeah. uh, 17 to 18 yeah. and then Shrill was last summer yeah yeah. So, so so what's kind of and again this feels like an end of the interview question but <laughs> uh, uh, what's the plan going forward because there's there's weird things in America with Brits will often go and stay out there for three months yeah, to have meetings yeah. and all that and for me that I get it but it also feels like you're, you're setting yourself up to be in pain and misery. Yeah. You're going, I'm going to go and wait. Yeah, exactly. And see if I hear anything. So that. are you kind of consciously focusing more time in America or do you have that advantage of we live in the modern world, you've got an American agent, mm-hmm. so you can continue doing whatever in the UK. Yeah. And then if you need to go there, you're kind of... Yeah, I think my go. at the moment I'm like, I'm very happy in London. Yeah. Um, and I like the comedy scene in London yeah. and there's lots of... Not as much, but lots of cool stuff being made in the UK as well. Yeah. Um, so I like to sort of go to America sometimes and do cool stuff rather than... I mean, it's like up to anyone, but I don't really want to be in America, like you said, waiting for someone to give me an opportunity. I'd yeah. rather like be with my friends It <laughs> my feels really weird. I mean, I have I was told I, my uncomfortableness with that paid off on my trips to America because mm. I would be, I'm here for a week if yeah, you'd like to yeah. meet me. Yeah, exactly. See me. Whereas right. if you say I'm here for three months, it will be. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll try and yeah. sort something next week. Yeah, I will exactly. have to move that. Whereas yeah. I guess if you are there, just going, look, I'm here for a week. Yeah, yeah. Like I've got my something. own stuff going on. If you're interested, then yeah. great. If not, then no worries. And it's a better way to resist the pitfalls 
psychologically of mm. that industry. Yeah, yeah, I think is, so. It is the one that I think people... Uh, the reason you hear of a lot of actors getting either bitter or or or, or, lo- or low or self conscious is because it is that weird. It's it's a cliche to say it is the hurry up and wait. Thing yeah, we'll yeah. Be, we need you here at some point. Yeah, yeah. Be just here sit by and the phone. Hang about and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. So, me. I mean, I'm 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 going to continue on the acting front and then get round to, to comedy towards at the end because it's weird because. I would generally have if 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 I'd not sat down and thought I would have thought I think of Lolly as a comedian, mm-hmm. but there's so much great acting stuff that is is it yeah. a tough thing to balance or do you have to consciously um, choose which? I think I, I'm the kind of person who's very critical of anyone who says that they're a comedian and doesn't gig and doesn't yeah. like do the stuff that you need to do to be a comedian, um, and so then I'm also slightly self-conscious about the fact that at the moment I'm sort of doing more acting than comedy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in the moments when I'm not filming something, uh-huh. um, I try to book gigs in and, like, try and write some new materials. I've got some, like, shows coming up where I'm, like, trying to challenge myself more because I think comedy is just so much harder and yeah. it's much more rewarding. Not that acting is, like... <laughs> not that I hate acting. But, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> it just yeah. It just feels so, like nice a lot of the time it just feels like you're, you're getting driven around and people are sort of telling you what to do which yeah, in a way it's is just kind quite, of a nice it's quite it's, passive i think they really they're 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 kind of countering art forms in many ways because mm. in in acting you have the relief of kind of handing in your homework and leaving. yeah exactly you know yeah, I mean? yeah. you get to do your you do thing that so but early it's on. someone else's hands yeah yeah in the end and mm-hmm. there's so many components whereas stand-up is the exact opposite yeah there's no components other than you exactly. you're up there on your own yeah yeah so i think it's nice to have those two to make you appreciate each of them yeah you know i mean if, you yeah, do, if the so. pressure of stand-up is yeah. breaking you then you've got that well at least i don't have to have that at least i can go yeah. and act and focus i'll, I'll focus completely on my art and mm-hmm. on the art form of it but I don't have that pressure of, Everything's of planning everything out and yeah, where it needs yeah. to be and everything's on me it's like I need yeah, to yeah. learn my shit do my shit yeah. and then the rest is on yeah so yeah it's quite nice else. to find the balance of it yeah. I think sometimes with acting I remember I was doing something once where we were filming something where it was like a lot of people sat around a table for like quite a long scene so most of the day was just us sat around this table and they were like putting the cameras in the right place and everything and I was eating a banana and then they were like, okay, we're going to start filming now. And then someone came to take my banana skin. And I was like, I can't. <laughs> I can't live my life like this yeah. where I'm giving you my banana skin. Yeah. But then they were like, no, because you need to be in the right position. And like, can you not move your chair and all that kind of stuff? And I was like, I'm really sorry. <laughs> like, this this is not going to work. So that kind of stuff kind of makes me have a like moment of, okay, what's going on here? I, is I this what it, I want? <laughs> on, 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 on the first film I did, I caused, and it was filmed at, at, at Warner Brothers. So we were past mm. that. Harry Potter studios all the time, so it increased <laughs> my curiosity of Daniel Radcliffe. Um, but they would be spinning out because they'd always try and arrange my car, mm-hmm. and I'd be like, "I'll just drive myself." Yeah, yeah. I've got a car. It's really, you know, yeah. I'm really, I'm really punctual. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But they don't. But it, so many people are fills them with fear. Yeah, so I've worked with people It took me a good so week late. or two for them to just accept that. I'll tell me when you need me to be there. Yeah, I'll be there early. I'm always here early. I'm yeah, annoying yeah. like that. So. <laughs> But yeah, it's exactly that. It's that kind yeah. of. And when we were doing, a th- I was doing a thing for the BBC. The set was literally a ten-minute drive from my house, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I can't have you. <laughs> There's a guy that's going into London to get people yeah, going all yeah. over. It's like, 
don't worry about me. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll get yeah. it. I could get the train if I needed to. Yeah. It's really, it's that easy. So Yeah, and it's, yeah, it just sort of grounds you. It makes you not think like... Because there have been times when... Because people are so nice to actors when you're on set. And yeah. they're so, sort of like, oh, like, uh, this person's coming through, like, make way and stuff. And it's yeah. just almost, like, quite unnerving. Yeah. And then I've had moments where I'm doing comedy and I sort of forget that that is not how you get treated when you're doing comedy. 100%. And I have to, like, you have to sort of, like, keep switching from two different modes, I think. Yeah. So I have to try and try and get, like, a middle ground for both, I think, where I'm like, I've, okay, no, I'm fine. Yeah. I can look after myself. But thank you so much for... <laughs> Yeah, everything. I've get. been on the tube before, and I wish that there was someone sh- sh- shouting "traveling." Exactly, clearing, yeah, clearing yeah, a path yeah, for yeah. me when it's got hectic. Yeah, like, you really have to check well, yourself yeah, to be yeah. like, okay, no, <laughs> they don't have to get out of my way. But equally, it's it's anything that is that you adapt to your surroundings mm. naturally, because yeah, in reality, yeah. it's helpful for the production for you exactly. to let that person take that, exactly. that banana skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you actually know. more difficult if you're yeah. like, no, I'm going to move my chair. So it's that I'm weird gonna... thing. You then have to. A, a, a switch. I was, shoot, I was shooting a film in France, and then I had to do a pickup of a thing I'd shot previously in England. Mm-hmm. And I, in the makeup, I just kept saying "mercy" to everyone because <laughs> I, that was, I don't know any French, but I'd, again, yeah, painfully yeah. polite. I'd be, yeah. I'd, I'd have that in my head, and a few different short phrases that I'd then be saying it to some bloke from Leeds. And yeah. I'd be like, oh, I feel like such a prick, but it's because it's that it's that habit for yeah, you trying yeah. to adapt to your surroundings. Yeah, I guess. exactly. And um, well. Uh, one of the things that me and, and Brett Goldstein, actually, a mm. mutual friend, have talked about in recent years is that there's often a natural kind of push to focus for Brits to focus on breaking America, mm. when in recent years there's so much good stuff being made in England and mm. Europe. And we can't decide if we've decided to focus on that because we've failed miserably in America <laughs> or if it is a genuine conscious a decision, but there is so much good stuff mm. being made. And one of the things in recent years, or l- last year, in fact, that blew me away was Stafflet's Flats. Oh yeah, which, yeah, which, yeah. which you were involved in mm-hmm. and part of. And how is it to get gigs like that? Because I assume a lot of the people involved in that are your mates, right? yeah. are people you know. So yeah. it's a different. Again, it's a different excitement altogether. Mm-hmm. It's in ways it's more exciting because you and your mates are all making you, 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 you're helping your mates bring their vision to life yeah exactly but equally on an American one you're, it feels proper and grown yeah, up yeah yeah. So, so how was that to work um, I think yeah that kind of thing's very cool especially because Jamie made it as a blap first mm. and so to see it go from a blap that maybe not as many people have watched and then a show that so many people are watching yeah. it's quite cool to be like okay actually even though this is your friend's very niche, cool sense of humour. Yeah. Actually, it's very like appealing to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so that's it's quite exciting, I guess, because a lot of the time, I think when you first start doing comedy, um, and you're getting like a lot of rejection or like gigs aren't going well and stuff, yeah. you start to think that um, what you're making is so niche that only like yeah. your friends will understand. This it. is actually not not funny. It must yeah, be tough yeah. for Jamie as well because so much. It's Jamie and his sister who mm-hmm. find it hilarious. It's like, is it only us two? Yeah, Not yeah. even that it's me and my friends. Yeah. It's me and my sister are the <laughs> yeah, only people yeah. who find this funny. This yeah. is so niche that... Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess for Jamie, I mean, he's always been hilarious. So yeah. I guess he probably knew. But definitely, like, for people that you've never met to say, you know, this is a really funny show, I guess it must be very rewarding. And, and, and particularly on a show that... I mean, I spoke to Jamie about it a little bit on here. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd only watched a couple of episodes at that point, but a show that a lot of the jokes aren't there on paper. 
Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. only there when he's performing it yeah, as exactly. that character. Or, yeah, yeah. you know, it seems like a terrible line. Yeah. But him saying it, that's the reason it's funny. Because yeah. it is a terrible line. And yeah, it's the yeah, kind yeah. of thing a cheesy guy would come up with. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that must have been all the more rewarding to get that huge reaction. Because on paper, someone had to take the faith that it'll work mm-hmm. when we film it. And then yeah. there's probably some doubt as any project that you filmed it. You're like... I think it's good. Is it good? Yeah, we yeah, enjoyed yeah. it, but did yeah. we just enjoy it? So. Yeah, I think yeah. So rewarding to see that like the silly things that you do with your friends can be very funny to loads of people. Yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 so and how was uh, Rovers t- t- to work on? Because mm-hmm. I love I love David Earl and I I, I love Joe Wilkinson. Ev- mm-hmm. Everyone involved in that was great. And what they did there, similar to what to how Brett often writes and you know, the stuff he's been involved in with Gervais and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They had it, they had ridiculousness and ludicrousness. Yeah. But there's the heart and warmth in yeah, there yeah. that genuinely catches you. And it's, I yeah. think it's from pushing it so r- ridiculous that it makes mm-hmm. those moments of warmth. And your yeah. character had a, a lot of those moments of yeah, warmth yeah. kind of thing. So it makes it hit all the all the more, I guess. Mm. If it was just, oh, this is a lovely comedy, yeah, isn't it yeah. cute? It doesn't still hit. Quite because you had... Or Joe and David's characters in particular just mm-hmm. being yeah. absolute bellends. It kind of, <laughs> it then, yeah. Well, uh, when you manage to flip that switch and go, no, this is human. Remember mm-hmm. that. It kind of it gets yeah. you. So, I loved it so much. Yeah, I, I mean, it's travesty that it's not come back. Yeah, yeah, um, completely. But yeah, definitely, it was like the weirdest group of people in terms of the characters. I mean, but yeah, the, yeah, the weirdest group of people coming together, being extremely weird, but also still being such likable characters yeah. and such a like, um, believable and warm, like set. And the whole thing I think was just like, so comforting. Yeah. <laughs> and yet it was not recommissioned. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, do you put much thought into who it's being made for when you're looking at projects? Cause mm. it's great. I think, Sky have made some really good and bold comedy in mm. recent years, but I don't know if it's the platform for really good and bold comedy. Know, it feels like yeah. if Rovers had been on, on on BBC Three or on Four, yeah. it probably would have clicked in the right way yeah. and kept being made. But again, that that's not to have a go at Sky. They're the ones who made it. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. It wouldn't yeah. have existed at yeah, all yeah. about them. But it's it, it does it does feel like an interesting one that the mm. platform. Is weirdly influential on 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 how the art is 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 received. Yeah, I guess. yeah. I guess weird because Sky like has a slightly different tone anyway, but also because it's people paying for it. I think. Yeah. I, I would assume this is not really based on any kind of fact, but I would assume that people who watch Sky are kind of like, I I've paid for this, therefore I want some sort of high budget, cool, slick drama yeah, that you can't get anywhere so. else. Yeah. Um, but they, I, I know that they did definitely. But they can buy the all of that off HBO. They yeah, do that exactly. wonderfully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spend your money yeah. on, on this yeah, stuff. Yeah, I know. But yeah, I guess yeah, it's hard to say who the target audience because like when you're when you're writing it, it's just for the people that you hope will love it. And again, when you're writing it, particularly if you've had any projects that have got steam and then hit a wall or never got any steam mm. the fact that someone's fucking making it yeah, is, yeah. is all that's important yeah. you've got to have that belief that right it's it's just we need to make it happen yeah. and then what happens after that happens yeah. after that I guess and yeah they d- I definitely think it was kind of like a I'm not sure if it, like culty is the right word but there definitely were so many people who were like I love Rovers when, when they're coming back and even still now people are like 
Is there a season yeah. two coming? And I'm like, well, oh, I wish. Well, there was another one they did around that time, and I can't remember the name of it, which is bad because a mate of mine wrote it. But <laughs> it was about essentially a pirate radio station on, oh, a, on, yeah, a, boat, yeah. on, a, on a canal boat. I know what you mean. And yeah. that was a similar one that was just so warm and yeah. lovely. And I it's really, great cash as well. Yeah, yeah, everyone involved in it was fantastic. Yeah. And, and yeah, and then it just seemed to kind of go, no. Mm. But again, the, they were two sh- shows at the same time that kind of felt. If they had maybe been somewhere else, mm-hmm. they might have... Yeah. And that's a good thing about America, I guess. There's so many channels Yeah, that, like, there's always going to be a home for something. Even if it's, like... Because, like, have you seen You on Netflix? Yes. It's, like, that style off on Lifetime, which I think of as, like, a quite random, yeah, weird channel. completely. And yet, it's it's still a huge success because it's... I mean, it's a great show. I, love I was going to so say, what but, did you think of it? Because I was really... I loved the journey I went yeah. on with it. Because there was so much where I was like, no, now this is crap it's gone up its own ass and then it switched and go no we know where we've gone yeah exactly we, would make, we, we wanted you to we yeah. were doing an impression of exactly. a show that's gone up its own ass yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. god are you really clever or am i i don't know what's <laughs> yeah, going yeah. on here i think those people said to me that they were like oh no it's just really trashy and i was like i don't think it is trashy i think no. it's like very knowing yeah i think my my friends think i'm stupid for saying that but i'm like there's just I so agree. many when i first started watching it i was like this is gross because the bit when she's like walking through in the very first episode yeah. and he's like, oh, like you're wearing this thing and that's yeah. why. And I was like, sorry. <laughs> and yeah. then I realised that that's the whole point that's of it. That's the point. Again, yeah. I, think that, yeah, I think that's what was great about it was it was parody in a lot of stuff, but mm. having the boldness to not need to give the wink to go, you know, this is a joke, right? Which I think is a problem with a lot of, of, of modern media is we feel the need to have everything explained and tied yeah, up. There yeah, was, yeah. Um, um, what's his name? Grille. There's a, 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 a director I've been watching recently, mm-hmm. a Robert Grille something or something, or Grille. And one of his big things was film is a form of art, right? Mm-hmm. And you can go into a gallery and love a painting. Mm-hmm. You might not completely understand it. You might not even know what the subject of the painting is, but you love it. Mm-hmm. And film should be similar in that way. You can have yeah. stuff that you don't understand or isn't explained or isn't tied up. And maybe if you get the explanation, it'll make you love it more. Yeah. Or it might make you n- n- not like it anymore. But there's so much of a norm in modern film and TV to go, mm. we need to make sure by the end everyone got yeah, that this yeah, was yeah. it or this was a nod and a This wink. was our point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a mad one. Um, mm. So, I mean, thankfully, I've, I, I wanted to make sure I got at least you know, half hour, 40 minutes in before I got onto Taskmaster because everyone knows, or a lot of people know, I'm quite obsessed with the show. I think it's the most consistent show on TV. So, yeah. so how was that to be part of? And you were on there with Hugh Dennis, Joe Lysett, Noel Fielding, and Mel Godrich, who, until I wrote her name down for this, I never realised that we don't talk enough about how weird that surname is. Because <laughs> she's, she's Mel and Sue. It's just, yeah, it's just crazy sound yeah. but how was that to be part of because it's it was so cool that, yeah it I just mean, looks like it's not work right it's, it's, just it's definitely not work it's yeah again it's the nicest people it's it just feels like going to school and like playing mm. um and yeah just the whole thing is I, I got I mean I came last but <laughs> <laughs> I think I was uh mistreated right. by the judges yeah um, I think my age let me down because right. um, they were jealous of my youth. Yeah. Um, and Hugh got let off with quite a bit because of being because the older of, yeah, statesman. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, 
But it was so fun. And I, when I before I did it, I was like, I'm going to be so competitive. I'm definitely going to win. And then I got there and I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> it's such a weird one though as well, right? Because the big breakthrough in in panel shows mm-hmm. was the realisation that no one actually cares who wins. It's about yeah, what's yeah, entertaining. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I don't think I could accept that if I was on Tekkers because it is exactly yeah. what you're meant to be there to be entertaining. And, mm-hmm. and Bob Mortimer was the best of that, in 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 in, yeah. in, in, in my opinion, just on his own in the series where <laughs> he would just not care yeah, and do yeah. tasks. I always remember there was a one task where you've got to make – You've got, say, five minutes to make, make as big a, a mess as possible and then clear it all up. And Bob just trashed the whole house for five minutes and then didn't clear it up. So, there you go, I've lost. Yeah, it yeah, was just yeah. genius because yeah. all the time you're thinking, or for a minute or two, you're thinking, how's he going to do? Yeah, He's got something yeah. amazing planned to clear this up. And yeah. Like, nope, it's just not going to clear yeah, it up. It's so funny to put your faith in comedians and think that they're going to. Like, Take it yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so at what point did you or do you feel you made a conscious choice to abandon your competitiveness or did do you feel that as soon as you start to go, oh, I might not be doing great in this, <laughs> maybe I'll just focus on being funny now or was there that? I think I, I think I wasn't concerned about being funny at all because yeah. I was – because I went into it thinking I'm going to be really competitive because like with like like – puzzles and like riddles and stuff I'm very competitive yeah but with stuff like that that's like I mean the magic of the show is that you can't really be good at it yeah um and I think I would I would just come into a task and I would read it and I would just be like I have no idea yeah there, there was it was very rarely that I'd be like okay I know what I'm doing and I think actually that's less fun when you're like yeah. I know what I'm doing um and there was even even when I did well in tasks it was very rare that I thought okay I think I've nailed that one I think I thought that maybe once yeah <laughs> but yeah I think being funny just goes out of the window. It's like yeah. the tasks themselves are so funny and you're going to make a fool of yourself no matter what. Yeah, um, and that's the key, I think. Yeah, yeah. Throwing away any 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 attempt at I'm going to be in control of, yeah, of, yeah. of how I come you across can't. here. Yeah, so you no. absolutely can't. <laughs> um, I did, I did a... I've done a few escape rooms now, mm-hmm. and the first one of them I did, it was exactly the same. I was yeah. like, I'm really logical. I yeah, like exactly. It's going to be great. I literally went in there... The first thing, I had no idea what yeah. to do. I was like, I guess that's it then. Yeah, I genuinely, yeah, thankfully, yeah. someone else got that. And when we got going, I flowed. Yeah, it was, I guess for other people but, it helps as yeah, well. It annoyed yeah. the hell out of me. I was like, right, so what do we do? I was like, yeah. You're going to tell us what to, where to start? It's like, no, you just, oh, well. Yeah. And I guess also the knowledge that like. I'm defeated already. Yeah, there's no right answer to it. Because normally with stuff yeah. like that, you're like, okay, well, there is. There is a solution. I should yeah. tell what it is. Whereas with Taskmaster, it's like there's there's no solution. Yeah. Um, and I think there's probably tasks that they tried out and then realised that they were either impossible or just like not as entertaining as they thought they would be. Yeah. And so they just scrapped them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's quite fun to know that anything you do is could be right. <laughs> yeah. Did were there any tasks that you did that don't make it to the show? Like yeah. backup tasks and stuff like that that they yeah, yeah. S- select the best. There was one. I'm not sure if it was in the show or not, but some of the um, tiebreaker tasks right. don't make it in. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if I should say this, but fine. Um, <laughs> sure, that'd be fine. But um, there was one where we had to we had to sit on like an umpire's chair. Yeah. And there was a wine bottle, an empty wine bottle at the bottom of the chair, and we had a full wine bottle. Right. And we had to try and pour as much wine into the right. bottle on the floor. That's wonderful. Which was great. And yeah. I think I got like a centimetre of wine. Because <laughs> <laughs> you have like 30 seconds to do it or something. Yeah. But I don't, I'm not sure if that, I don't think that was in it. Yeah. Um, but I think they're also, I can't remember, but I think there definitely were tasks that didn't make it in. Because I, I guess just like either everyone did the same thing or 
yeah, or like they just weren't as entertaining as they were to again, read on paper. It's a beautiful one because it's a rare gig or booking to get where the main focus is you just going and enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not really, I don't know how it turns out. We'll figure out that yeah. later. It's like, I just, I've gone and enjoyed it. I've done yeah. my bit. Oh, is it aired now? Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. I hope yeah. that went well, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful. So, mm-hmm. so what was your route into into comedy and I mean into ent- entertainment in in, ge- in general? Growing up, uh, did you, you you grew up in London? Yeah, or, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, growing up, were you always looking to entertain and do c- comedy or or performance, or what was your? Um, when I was younger, I wanted to be an actress. Yep. Um, and but didn't really know how you became an actress. Yeah. Um, I wanted to do drama at university. My parents were like, no, <laughs> you yeah. have to do a proper subject. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I did English at university, but did lots of like drama-y stuff while I was there. Yeah. Um, it's a, a good route because there's yeah, going to be yeah. some offshoots that are exactly. kind of drama or Similar, play yeah. or theatre or whatever. Um, so I did lots of stuff and then did some sketches while I was at uni and then um, went to Edinburgh, went to the Fringe in the summers and sort of like watched lots of stuff. Yeah. So I knew that I wanted to do comedy acting, but I didn't really know how. Um, and then when I graduated from university, I applied to drama school, but didn't get into Lambda, which was the only place I wanted to go. I don't really know why. I just settled on Lambda for no real That's reason. That's the one I want to go yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. And then got into a different one and was like, no, I didn't get into Lambda, so I'm not going. Oh, wow. Um, and then just started doing open mic gigs and going to Edinburgh and doing gigs while I was there. Um, and I interned at the Invisible Dot. Oh, right. Um, so, like, met lots of comedians and, yeah. like, learnt a lot about comedy and a lot about watched lots of stuff and learnt about performing that way, I suppose. Um, it's a perfect a, a way to immerse yourself in it all, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, what better way to, uh, to learn? Like, you hear of a, a fair amount of comedians in America who were dormant at the comedy store or yeah, things like yeah. that that were were there for so long that then go, all oh, right, I've now f- I've figured out what m- my voice will be. Cause, yeah, yeah. Because I think when you, I would imagine when you start off, you're so influenced by your influences. Yeah, yeah. Because they're what you're obsessed with. Oh, my so God, So having yeah. that ability to see a whole range of other things, mm. rather than will give you more influences, will give you a great ab- ability to find yourself. Yeah. Rather than go, well, I love this person, I'm going to be my version. Yeah. I think I, I probably person. did both, though. Yeah. Because I... Um, the other day I got an email from Dropbox being like, you have to sign in, otherwise we're going to like delete your account. Yeah. And then I signed in and I saw a video of my first ever gig. Oh, wow. And I watched it and I was like, you're just trying to be Nick Mohammed. Wow. <laughs> because he was the person I loved the most. And he was the person I saw in Edinburgh and was like, oh, that's what I want to do. Because I, yeah. I, I, I knew that stand-up existed and I knew that I didn't really want to do stand-up because I was too nervous to do stand-up. Right. Um, and I saw him doing character stand-up essentially and was like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Um, and then, yeah, watch so was he doing multiple characters or, or one character? Um, yeah, he was doing multiple characters. Yeah. He was mostly doing Mr. Swallow, but right. yeah, he was doing different ones. And then yeah, I watched this video the other day and just all my mannerisms and everything was just ripped off of him. Oh, wow. Um, but I think like slowly, after I stopped doing that specific character, I started to like find my own voice. Yeah. Um, but definitely, yeah, a, a mixture of like watching people and being like, oh, that's what you can do. That's not what I want to do. Yeah. Um, that is what I want to do. And then... And yeah. and at, at what point did you or are you yet to get kind of the acceptance from your 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 family on that? I said you said they weren't that keen on you going yeah, to drama school yeah. or whatever. Get a, again, it's so typical London or, or again like my family are all South London and mm-hmm. it's very much 
I remember the year I did the Fringe, I was doing a show every night mm-hmm. and I wrote a big chunk of a, a novel in the daytime while I was up there because in my head I couldn't justify that my day's work yeah. was one hour <laughs> yeah, a day. Yeah, yeah, And the reality is it's exhausting and yeah, you're doing it, yeah. it's draining all this. But I was explain, like, I'm up here for a month. I can't be doing an hour a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was just forcing myself to do all this other stuff because of that kind of South London working class. Yeah, yeah. Get, get a real job type. Yeah, um, exactly. Influence. Um, I think when, when I... So I, I worked at like a normal boring office job. Yeah. Um, and then the year that I wanted to go to Edinburgh to do like, maybe like to sh- split an hour with someone or like do a very like early work in progress of a show. Um, I asked them if I could take a month off yeah. and then <laughs> come back. So I was sort of part time, sort down? of not really part time. Yeah. Um, well, I said, can I work from home? And then thinking that I could sort of do part time. And then they were like, yeah, you can work from home, but you'd have to work from home like eight till four or whatever right. it was. And that I already didn't like the job anymore. So I was like, okay, this is a great reason to quit my job. Yeah, I'm leaving um, now. Yeah, so I left and uh, moved out of my flat that I could, so I could, so I couldn't live there anymore. Yeah. Um, and moved back in with my parents. And I think at that point they were like, sorry, <laughs> this yeah. this job that you want to do means that you have to quit your job and yeah. move back in with your parents. This isn't the direction it was yeah, meant exactly. to be Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you had a job and yeah. you moved out and everything was going well. Yeah. Um, and so I think at that point they were like, this is not what we thought. And then... Um, and I did my first Edinburgh and then after that things started to go better and they were like okay maybe you did actually make the the right decision it's a a massive move and commitment on your part to Mm. take that because again it it would have felt like a step backwards in many ways to go right because a lot of people the reason they will give for not chasing their dream or whatever is I've got a mortgage I've got this I've got that so to go Right, that's not a good enough excuse. Mm-hmm. I'll get rid of my the rent I have to pay or whatever, and I'll, yeah. I'll I'll go back. And again, obviously, I'm not saying that everyone has the option of returning home or yeah, whatever else, exactly. but uh, it's a big step. So, mm. what had you had certain experiences that gave you the confidence, or was it just you knew that you wanted to um, know you'd you'd given your all to that? I think I just I just knew that um, if I wanted to be a comedian, I would have to do Edinburgh. Yeah, and and I also didn't like my job. Yeah. And so I thought I think I thought, well, either I carry on with this job and never do Edinburgh properly. Yeah. Or I just try it and then maybe if it doesn't work out then I can get another job afterwards. Yeah. Um but I also I think it was the year that John Kearns won Best Newcomer. Right. And in his speech he said or I think maybe like just after that he qu- he quit his job. And I remember thinking like, I've quit my job, I haven't even started doing comedy yet. Yeah. What am I thinking? Um, it's great though. I, I had I was doing an interview, honestly, a few a few years back, and it was only then that I realised because I've told the story loads of times that I quit my job to go and tour the country just doing music. I was living mm-hmm. in a van, just doing it on street corners or whatever else. And it wasn't until I was doing an, an interview recently that I realised I'd never actually performed in front of anyone at that point. I practiced oh, it. Right. All. I knew I'd got it good in my head. Yeah, I was like, yeah, "Here's yeah. what I'm going to go and do." Yeah. But it was after I'd quit that. So it's like that. Yeah. Almost that that lack of overthinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Was yeah. what allowed it, and it's a, mm. a similar th- thing there. If you're looking there at the person who's just won uh, the newcomer and they've just quit their job, yeah. and you're like, "You've, ju- <laughs> yeah, you've just yeah, quit yeah. your job." So what yes. am I? What am I doing here? How did this yeah. happen? That must have been um, exciting and intimidating. Yeah, yeah. But then when those gambles pay off it's a great story yeah, exactly if they don't it's not such yeah. a great story it's, <laughs> it's slightly awkward so mm-hmm. so how was the fringe for you because it is or that first time as a as a performer i guess because mm-hmm. it's again it's it's something that people 
moan sometimes on the podcast is anytime the fringe comes up, I will talk about it for hours because mm-hmm. it just it, bl- it blows me away. The yeah. fact it's such a uniquely UK, Scottish, British, or whatever thing mm-hmm. because they don't have it in America and they don't yeah. have it in, in so many places. And you can go up there for a month and spend all day being inspired by theatre, yeah. by comedy, by spoken word, by so many things. And yeah, it's just, it's, you're there f- feeling as if everyone's on a level and anyone can do this. Yeah, it's one yeah. of those gigs where you're not standing there thinking, it's completely out of reach. You're standing yeah. there thinking, I could be that. I couldn't yeah. be exactly that or I couldn't be that yet, but I could be that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the best thing in the world. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, it's like, it's very close to us. It's not like this thing that we have to break. No. It's just, it's open to anyone. Yeah. Um, and yeah, anyone and can, you get can get up. As and... inspired by the not so good shows. Yeah, totally. Go, well, yeah. Could, not arrogantly, I could do that. I <laughs> yeah, could do better yeah. than that. I could, yeah. You give me half hour. <laughs> yeah, there's a million things all the time that you can be inspired by. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it's like four hours away on the train. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it's the best thing in the world. That's like the one thing I um, don't like so much about acting is that it takes me away from doing The Friend because it's kind of like you kind of have to decide in February yeah. that you're going to do The Friend or even yeah. earlier than that. And then it kind of takes up your year. It's the worst thing about acting is how how last minute it is and how yeah, you yeah. drop everything. Exactly. For I regularly have kind of a known shorthand or saying with my family now was that when they say oh we've got this thing in in August mm-hmm. my response is always I hope I can't make it yeah 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 because my plan is to be acting somewhere and to be yeah. doing something I've not got it in at the moment yeah, but yeah. genuinely with all the greatest respect I hope I'm too busy because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm aiming to be somewhere else yeah, but if yeah. I'm about I'd love to <laughs> yeah, be an exactly. honour but yeah. so who were your kind of peers at that time who were you coming up with or starting um, out with and I think um, I think I, I was like slightly later than most of the people who I th- now think of as my peers. Yeah, because yeah. um, I I flyered one Edinburgh for Sheeps, and then because I was a huge fan of Sheeps, right? And now maybe slightly arrogantly think of Sheeps as my peers. Yeah, um, but kind of like Sheeps, um, Ellie White, yeah, um, Emma Siddy, all the people in Bear Pits are like Adam Hess, yeah, Matt Ewens, yeah, Finn Taylor. And then people like Lazy Susan, Massive Dad, yeah, uh, Birthday Girls. Or the Birthday Girls, I think maybe slightly because they were Lady Garden before, so maybe slightly right. older than me. Yeah, was, and like John Pointing and all these like yeah. great cool people. I love John. I, I called John I, I one year purely because I really liked his character in that advert. Oh, yeah. Vampire. I was like, yeah, that's yeah. hilarious. I'm not yeah. swayed by advertising, but that character, yeah. I would watch a series of that of that, yeah, that, that, that vampire. So I saw I it in Waterloo Station, like in a massive screen, yeah. and I was like. That's What's very funny. And then I, yeah. I, I went and watched his show and it's completely different, but yeah. absolutely amazing. And yeah, yeah. he was playing kind of an acting teacher as, yeah. as that thing. And it mm-hmm. it was so perfect for everything. I was kind of mm-hmm. contemplating within myself at that point of thinking yeah. of myself as this or not yeah. this. So, yeah. yeah, amazing. But was that kind of around the first kind of times that there was almost a pressure on building a social media following to then uh, – support your your comedy career mm-hmm. the one that made it come to mind was adam hess because I, I yeah just, yeah i loved his tweets for years yeah. and then i caught him at the fringe and he was was wonderful but mm-hmm. i got into him because of that so yeah a few years before that there wasn't really that pressure it was you, yeah. you get on a tv show or you get you know yeah exactly any other way it was it seemed to be around that time that it started to be well 
there's a lot that you can do that for yourself here, but mm-hmm. you've got to be putting in the. Yeah, I think yeah, I started well. off like writing funny tweets just because like I thought that Twitter was fun and I liked yeah. the, the funny jokes that were on Twitter, um, and that's how I met Adam Hess, actually. And yeah. we we made friends on Twitter first. Um, he's great on on Twitter. If you're not so, friendly on Twitter, he's, he's so wonderful. Funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I sort of started out like writing little jokes on Twitter. Uh, I think that was like when I was at university. And then when I started doing gigs, I would like pinch from the stuff that I'd written as tweets. Yeah. Um, so it sort of started out as this is just going to be my output for jokes. And then it sort of morphed into um, if you want to come and see me, this is where I'm doing gigs. So please come and see me if you like these jokes that I've done. Yeah. And then now I think it's probably like a mixture of the two. It's, it's got to be tough sometimes, all right? Because if you're writing a tweet and you think this is really good, mm. this is a bit. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. Isn't a tw- I can't throw this away on a tweet because yeah, yeah. I need to make it into something more. Is, yeah. is there any feeling of that it's disposable if it's there? But I think sometimes I think I used I used to think that, and then now I'm like, just get it down, and yeah. then at least it's there rather yeah. than um, it's sort of being in the ether a bit. I think that's key on all on all writing, right? Because mm. it's having the confidence that you're going to continue to write good yeah, stuff. Yeah. There's a pressure of I've had this one idea. Mm-hmm. This is the idea that has to make it. So yeah, no, yeah. Write it, and hopefully it'll work. But yeah. you'll make other stuff. Exactly. You can't yeah, hold yeah. things back because yeah. you're like, well, it, this isn't the project yet. Or, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's mm. yeah, it's an interesting. One. So, at, at what point? I'll start uh, uh, to wrap things up as we're as we've we've, we've gone over the hour mark. Um, <laughs> at what point did, did you then? Obviously, stand up started to go well. At what point did you start going into into acting? Because you said that was your kind of original goal. Your yeah, original yeah. goal was I wanted to be an actor. Mm-hmm. Now the stand-up's going well and you get to to realise that goal but then have the conflict of mm-hmm. I want to still call myself a stand-up so I need yeah, to yeah. have that balance. Yeah, I think because I got an agent after I did a few gigs in Edinburgh Yeah, um, and then I guess because there, cause there are a lot of comedians making shows as well. Yeah. I then started to, to audition for like sitcoms that comedians were making. So the, the first thing I did was Josh Widdicombe's sitcom. Yes. Um, so... I think that was sort of like the, the the branch into acting. It was like, okay, I can do basically what I do on stage and do like my characters in a TV show. Yeah. And then from that, start to do like acting, acting. It I literally guess. helps everyone because mm. if they're writing and they need characters and they yeah. go, well, I like Lolly's character. Yeah, yeah. As a hu- I can put that in. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then you can even put a bit in or, or yeah, anything exactly. like that. It's easy to yeah. kind of go, well, that kind of writes itself because mm-hmm. I've now I've not got to come up with this character mm-hmm. you're casting as you're writing as such yeah. so yeah that's got to be handy to be in and again I think we're getting more and more of that with a lot more of the digital kind of age and I mm-hmm. think Dave are, res- are responsible as well but a lot more where people are doing exactly that they're saying mm-hmm. I believe in this comedian yeah yeah go and create yeah s- the world that make. or Josh yeah. or, or any of these things go and make it and then we'll yeah we'll back that as yeah. such Mm-hmm. So um, before I wrap things up, have you been on um, a wine tasting course yet? Because I enjoyed off the menu podcast. You were mm-hmm. saying you need to go on one at yeah, some point. Not so, yet, but well. it's yeah, it's my plan for the next couple of months. I need it's to do happen. one. And, yeah. and and how do you find? It's interesting because I think I was discussing this before you came in. I get pitched a lot of guests on the podcast that are on press junkets mm-hmm. and I'm lucky on that because I can say I need an hour but I think I will get them because that's a podcast you don't have to prepare for mm-hmm. whereas off menu and you're yeah. on the live uh, films to be buried with mm-hmm. Brett Goldstein they're the podcast where you have to prepare 
It's a tough balance. Yeah, yeah. Right, between just turn up and I'll talk and it'll be fine too. Yeah. Here's your homework. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See you next week. And, mm-hmm. you, and again, you, your decisions are, are locked down. People were furious yeah. about some of your McDonald's I know. choices. And someone... <laughs> I was angry about the chips thing. I don't think McDonald's chips are, are the best chips. To, I think it was... I think it was Burger King. J- 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 James who was saying Burger King. Yeah. And I because, don't think I eat Burger King enough. That's yeah, why. Yeah, I think... Because Ed was on your side, it got dismissed almost instantly. I was like, that deserved at least more of a fight. That I mean, I believed least- him. I, I, I believed him that that was probably the case. But I think that McDonald's is so ingrained within me yeah. that the food itself, not counting the chips, yeah. is is what I go there for. You see, I was, I, was so, I was so pleased with your episode because I think on – because so for anyone who doesn't know, off-menu is you get to create your perfect – meals so you choose the best starter you've ever had the best mm. main and all these kind of things and i think that so often when people g- 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 go on anything like that they fucking lie <laughs> and they go with the cool obscure thing yeah, that they've had yeah, in some yeah. place and on mine i think i think all of the things on my meal someone joked you could have delivered to your door <laughs> um, and that was and i was like well that's that's the kind of i've been in some nice places that. as well yeah. i'm not who I'm doesn't not, like have, having food delivered yeah, to their door? Exactly. <laughs> so I was, I was pleased that a lot of yours were, were like, no, here's the best Chinese I used to go yeah. to or takeaway place or Burger King or, or, Pete, or sorry, McDonald's or whatever else. Because mm. that's the reality. Yeah. That's what people love. That's why they're successful companies. <laughs> it's, it's why everyone always on uh, when everyone has, has, has their last meal question. And again, uh, Pizza Hut came up, up a lot in my off menu. Mm-hmm. It would probably be my choice as a last yeah. meal because I wouldn't eat it so much if I didn't really like exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, I haven't had pizza in ages, but I know I love it. Yeah. It's like, why <laughs> would you choose as, as your last meal? Something you hardly ever eat anyway. Yeah. If you liked it so much, you'd eat it more yeah, often. Exactly. Let's, let's be real about <laughs> it. Um, so are you a big film fan as well i just want to kind of i'm, I'm getting um, pre-information for films we've buried with here i'm i mean i'm not not a film fan but yeah. i get very distracted yeah. very easily so right. i don't watch films as much as i watch tv yeah but the films i do watch love them are sure. you a, a cinema goer or or more of a not as much as i should be yeah um because I, I think that's well. key often for not yeah. being distracted because it is it's just yeah it's exactly. a dark room and the focus is there yeah and you can't pause it yeah yeah because yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a massive film fan but it's it annoys me that I can't – I struggle to focus at home. I'll yeah, be yeah. a quick check on my phone exactly. or whatever else, whereas in the cinema, yeah. I'll behave myself. Yeah, I definitely need to go to the cinema more. <laughs> yeah. But there's always, like, there's always too many films to see, I think, and then yeah. I just end up not seeing any of them. It's, I mean, the, the, the art of it all is making – I g- g- genuinely think is the beauty of the world that we live in now mm-hmm. and the fact that you can go from comedy to, to acting and back and forth and not have to say, here's the one that I do, mm-hmm. is that you can make – you, your passions, your work. Yeah. So yeah. as soon as I started doing an end of the year films list and things mm. like that, it means I see a fuckload of films every yeah, year because yeah. I see it as work. I get yeah. to go, well, you know, I've kind of got to, got to watch that. It's my responsibility yeah. to my fans. <laughs> so it's the kind people of will riot if you Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Or equally, I can now go, I dig myself out. I'm kind of a, a workaholic and I'm bad at resting I'd dig myself out if I've taken a day to, to watch tons of TV or films mm-hmm. and I'd enjoy it but in the back of my head I'd be going you're not you're not being pr- productive mm-hmm. but now I'm acting it's all research yeah, exactly. it's, it's all going oh that's an tax amazing deductible. story that's an amazing character <laughs> exactly yeah. it's tax deductible the best I'll end this now on the um, the best tax deductible thing I found was going to to 
Millie's cookies <gasps> and get one of them giant cookie cakes. And when oh, they asked wow. what twice on it, I got them t- twice the name of my record label. Amazing. Literally, as soon as I Instagram Amazing. it, it makes it tax deductible. Yeah, it's been a promo thing. <laughs> I just fancied a giant cookie cake when it wasn't my birthday. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Well, That's so good. I'll wrap things up there. Thank you very much for your time. And just basically, what's ahead? Do you kind of um, know, are there any roles that you've got that you can talk about? Is there stuff that you get to do the cool actor thing of saying, well, I can't really talk about it right now. Yeah, but. well, I don't know. Nobody ever tells me whether I can say stuff or not, and I've got into trouble before. I always so, edge on the side of not j- 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 <laughs> just because I'm so new to it. I'm like, yeah. I don't want to be the one that fucks things up. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll be very vague. Brilliant. And I'll say two or one BBC One show that comes out Great. in a few months and one... I think actually maybe two BBC One shows yeah. coming out. Two BBC One comedies That's coming great. out soon. Yeah. And then, are you, are you have you got any desire to to write uh, your own yeah. for, for TV or, f- or film? Yeah, I'm sort of slowly like trying to work out what I want to do. Yeah. I think Cause I'm not it's kind necessarily of the over, over the two, right? Yeah. It's taking yeah. What you Stuff love about stand up yeah. and what you love about acting and yeah. kind of slinging them together. Yeah, I think it's good as well to do lots of acting first. Yeah. Um, and see. Just what works and what you like, yeah. Um, and see, and like, get to read a load of scripts. Yeah, That's yeah, absolutely the key, right? Yeah, and see, see, like, a good. script to screen, like yeah. how it how it works and like what works the best. Yeah. Um. So I'm sort of slowly trying to like pull some stuff together and be like, okay, now I'm very happy with this, rather than just straight away being like, you want to make something with me? Okay, let me quickly think of an idea and then it not be exactly what I want to make. Exactly that. I love that. Well, thank you very much for your time, and I look forward to to all that is ahead. Thank you. Cheers. You've been listening to Squibbish Pits Discretion and Pieces. There we go. That was Lolly. I told you it was a joy. Did I not? Um, a wonderful one. If, you, if you're if you new to the podcast, you know, I should, should recommend some previous comedians I've had on maybe as Lolly. Obviously, is smashing it as an actress, but is, is, is a comedian by trade. Um, I'm scrolling through and... And instantly has jumped out a Michaela Cole, just as another British actress that's that's killing it in the in the comedy areas um, as well. I've had Michaela on twice, but previous guests you might fancy Dan Skinner. You you might want I want to have a listen to. Um, he's a, f- a funny guy. I've had Simon Pegg on it a load of times. A uh, Jamie Dimitri. I think we talk about Jamie in this episode. We do. Yeah, we did. Obviously, I recalled these outros a little bit after. The actual thing. Jamali Maddox is a great comedian and pal um, of mine. Steve McNeil. Oh, in fact, I should mention, I'm doing Steve McNeil's... Hang on, when's this podcast coming out? The 20th. No, I would have done it last night. (laughs) I would have done Steve McNeil's live uh, gaming show, comedy and gaming show last night. But um, I've mentioned it too late comedians to mention chris ramsey gus khan has been on who else amanda Iannucci, ashlyn b sophie hagan alice lowe who else i'm just going to list all the comedians i've had on and then i'll miss some and someone will be offended susan wakoma comedy actress uh, Catherine ryan was on that was right 
she was fantastic. Um, I got to meet her dogs. That was ace. Who else? I've had loads of comedians. I've had Ian Lee. Um, I've had F- Frankie Boyle. I've had L- Lemmy, Marcus Brigstock, Brendan Burns. They're all flooding back now. J- James Acaster, Tom Rosenthal, Brian Gittins and Joe Wilkinson, um, Izzy Sooty. Who else? The Rubber Bandits, Blind Boy specifically. Robin Ince. And obviously I can't mention Robin Ince without mentioning Josie Long. Um, other comedians, Brett Goldstein, that that came up in conversation in this podcast. He was on. Tom Davis, I think we also talked about Tom. He's been on. Yeah, tons. I think that's a long enough a, a list for you all. I've got some more comedians to come. I'm recording with some comedians this next this next week or two. So that's something to look forward to. Um, yeah, all right. I'm going to go. I'll see you all. I didn't mention Adam Buxton. I had Adam Buxton on, Joe Cornish. Loads of good people, mate. Don't you worry about that. I'm clearly a bit feverish and delirious. Um, I wonder how long this outro is going to end up being. It's not been that long so far. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode and i will be back next week feel free to to follow me on socials if you don't already and give me a shout you know it makes a difference when you tweet and scream and shout about episodes it's easy to get in the habit of just listening every week and not vocalizing anything about it so it's good it really helps word of mouth obviously before the pod bible came about word of mouth was the only way to get podcasts out there now we've got the pod bible so go and check that out podbiblemag.com you can read it for free you can download it for free and go on the socials where we'll be recommending tons of stuff so yeah that's all that i'm gonna go and feel ill i might get takeaway see you later i'll see you next week when let's tell you i've got next week i've got stephen merchant yeah i hadn't even announced that but people are very excited about you know, he's he's a podcast legend. We had a good old chat. I sat in his his, his new living room, or his new spare room, kind of, st- let's call it a study. So that's next week. Just dr- a, a drop that fact on you out of nowhere to get you crazy excited. You're welcome. Um, I'll talk to you all soon. Ta-ta!